from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Joe cracked the door. All right, hey, Joe, brought to you by Oak City Sports Cards, oakcitycards.com. First one from the B.I.G. Hey, Joe, are you officially old today? I am because my oldest son, James, is an adult today. Uh I believe he's in the car right now with his mother on his way to buy his first lottery ticket. Good for him. There you go. Happy birthday is he to going, James. Is he going the scratcher route? Or is he going I, I the, don't is, know. What's he going with the Mega what's, Million Powerball? It it's his spring break this week. He's a senior at Garner. He went to the beach. So I'm sure that was fun. But now he's back today to, to come celebrate with the family. And the, the number one thing he wanted to do on 4-6 was buy a lottery ticket. So good for him. Happy birthday. Estimated Powerball jackpot, $186 million. Love it. That'd like, be a good birthday present. he needs to get one of those. <laughs> For sure. Does that make me old? Yeah, I'm going to be 48 in, let's see, 19 days now. I'm, I'm I'm not struggling with that. We talked yesterday, and what, the different question was about when do you let your hair go gray, and I feel like now is an acceptable age. So, yeah, I, I feel like we're there. But I like the gray look. Okay, well. I think oh. it looked great on you. I know. I appreciate you saying that, but you have some time to go before you yeah. get there. So it's easy to say. <laughs> I've had gray in the, I've had gray in my beard for a little while now, and I'm 36. I know. I, I've got a couple of like gray flyers on the side of my head. Yeah. I'm, I'm more worried about my hair going away before okay. it turns gray. That's my uh, yeah. see, that's, right now. That's the alternative. So I've been trying to just keep all these things in stride. But I do remember, and uh, Jessica had just found some video of when the day that James was born. And I, I just, you have like, I'm good with numbers and you always have these things like when your kid is born, you're like, oh, you're going to be the class of 23. And I do remember when he was born, like, oh man, 2023, that's so far away. And it's like, <laughs> whoo, we got here pretty quickly. So yes, yes. Happy birthday to James for sure. All right, next one. I got a proposition for you. From Riverboat Ron, hey Joe, would you bring in Cam Newton as a backup? All right, so the Washington Commanders have Sam Howell, who they drafted last year, who who I like. Yeah. I, I think he has potential. They also have Jacoby Brissett, if I'm not mistaken, as their backup they quarterback, do. Mm-hmm. which he's a perfectly acceptable backup. But Cam Newton, uh, help me out here, Dennis. Was this mm-hmm. Instagram? Is that his preferred social media of choice? I think it was actually on his YouTube channel, YouTube show. I know he reposts some stuff to okay. other various social media So platforms. Cam Newton on his YouTube page. And by the way, if you're there and you're trying to find Cam Newton, go check out 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. You can subscribe. You can, and since Joe's not here to tell you, I'll just tell you to gently press the subscribe button. As long as you get to us, that's all that matters. But we have the clip, Dennis. All right. This is what Cam Superman himself said about where he would potentially be be comfortable being a backup. There's a narrative that's out there that says, you know, Cam does not want to be a backup. I never said I didn't want to be a backup. So I'm going to take this time to explain who and what situation I would want to be a backup and when I think about a backup I I have to mention I had two perfect examples of what that supporting cast supposed to be I had Derek Anderson and Joe Webb those two individuals was a perfect example of selflessness 
and just ultimate team players. And I don't know where it got kind of misconstrued with Cam's intentions to play. I want to win. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. He does go on to say that Washington was one of his choice. Obviously, the connection there is Ron Rivera. I think he's looking at that more so than what their quarterback situation is. If I was a team, when I bring in Cam Newton to be a backup quarterback, I, I am not one of these people who think Cam Newton is a distraction. No. I actually, I think Cam Newton would be a pretty good coach, if we're being perfectly honest right now, uh, just given the way that he has shown how he prepares. He knows how to prepare knows what it takes to practice, knows what it, what it takes to play. The, my issue with Cam Newton at this point is he can't run anymore. And if he can't run, that it devalues his skill set. I've never been one of these people who said, oh, Cam can't pass. Cam's a perfectly fine passer. And, yes, the, the injuries, I think, have affected the shoulder, the arm, all yeah. of those things more so than, than the legs. But I'm just saying the last time we saw him, he was struggling with his legs, and that was the biggest problem for me. But I am not one of these people who think, oh, Cam Newton's some sort of cancer or Cam Newton's not. If or the other way, Cam is so popular that with with his teammates yeah. that they won't respect the starting quarterback. I, I don't buy that at no. all. I this I mean, this isn't twenty fifteen anymore. Right. Like, you know. Also I think too, like when you look at the list of people that he mentioned, sure there are some of the bigger names here, the Lamar Jacksons, the Josh Allens of the world, but there's also a lot of, of rookies. And he mentioned uh, you know, Derek Anderson and Joe Webb and how important they were to him. I, I would hope that he's looking at this as a situation where he could come in and kind of be that mentor-like figure to someone like Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. I mean, I'm sure any of those guys would love to have Cam at least in the room to talk about it, someone who has succeeded at the highest level, won an MVP. Uh, it does have to be the right situation, but I feel like it could happen. But I do think it would probably have to be somebody who is like a Josh Allen, secure in their situation. Yeah, Cam has a familiarity, obviously, with what they want to do based on their basically the Panthers North and all the connections <laughs> yeah. that the Bills have to the Panthers. So uh, I wouldn't completely rule it out. But you know, and good for good for Cam, by the way, for coming out and making the comments that he did because I do think people get confused about what he is and what he isn't willing to do. Next one. How you doing? From the Mac Daddy, hey Joe, what's a reasonable amount of money to spend on recruiting? I okay. So CBS Sports had put has put together a list based on a FOIA request for actually it's USA Today. Um, so private schools are not included, but in the ACC, so yeah, that's Clemson, Carolina, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Virginia, Florida State, Virginia Tech, State. They have all the private the public schools in the ACC, and if I told you Clemson spent the most money on football recruiting in 2022, Lewis, you would say, duh, duh, $3 million, which is about thrice everyone else, <laughs> if not more, in of those public schools. I look at Clemson and go, okay, I get it. If I were to say to you, who would you guess would be number two in spending on recruiting? So now this would be 
official visits. They take mm-hmm. them out to dinner. They bring them to camps in the offseason. Travel. These are your coaches going out and traveling to see prospects, make in-home visits, those kind of things. So uh, if I were to say to you who was number two on the public school list, your guess would be? Uh, not North Carolina. Not My guess would be Louisville because yeah, they I, spend the most money on everything. I would think Florida State maybe. Florida State, Florida State would make sense. sense because they fancy themselves to be a football power. These are all good guesses, and, and Louisville was fairly close. It's a million and, and some change. Carolina, number two on the public schools list, $1.3 million. And what's interesting about this, Lewis, is how much of an increase it was yeah. over their five-year average, which was $850,000. So, obviously, Mac is coming in. Mac Brown's coming into Carolina and saying, okay. And they have recruited at a high level. Yeah, They don't have the results that match the recruiting, but, but they, they have recruited at a high yeah, level. They, they have, have the players. They have four- and five-star players that they did not have under Larry Fedora. Yeah. So, I get that part of the programming here. And I'm not going to impugn them for spending... million, which is basically investing in your most important resource. Your players. Your players and recruiting. But it it is still slightly surprising to see Carolina ahead of Louisville, ahead of Florida State. And then Carolina, quite frankly, if I'm Dave Doran, I might actually take a snapshot of this because State is last among the public schools at Mm $630,000 in recruiting spending. That's that's less than half of what Carolina has spent. Well, and their their average, you look at like Carolina, they went from from 2017 to 2022, their average spending was about 850,000, went up to 1.3 million. Clemson's 1.6 million went up to 3.1 million. States 538,000 to 632,000. So it's not even a very large increase when you comparatively when looking at everyone else. So yeah, I, I would definitely show this to a few people. There's one more surprise there, and that's Georgia Tech. Oh my gosh! At 1.2 million. <laughs> Normally, I would say, okay, how's that working out? As, <laughs> as somebody who spent time covering the ACC for the paper uh, on a beat, where you had to travel, I would say to you, Georgia Tech is the easiest school to get to. State never freaking played there because of a pain in my ass that I had to, always had to go to Florida State. You can't get to Tallahassee directly. It doesn't exist. So if you were to say to me, and Louisville has a lot of issues getting direct flights to Louisville from here as well. If you were to say to me, Louisville and um, Florida State were the most, even even Virginia Tech, right, where they are, not exactly an easy jump on the plane and get to Blacksburg. But Atlanta is the easiest place to get to. Yeah. So It's right there. What in the world was fake Matt Rule doing? In Atlanta, <laughs> what was he doing? Just call up Delta. Like I don't I mean, understand. What was he spending money on? It, it must have been Chick Fil A. Jeff Collins was the guy who replaced Matt Rule at Temple, and then Collins. Uh, you're looking at me like, why did you call somebody fake Matt Rule? I'm not talking <laughs> about like, you. Like, hey, 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 copyright, copyright. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Jeff Collins, who's since been fired at Georgia Tech. He had that whole 404 like marketing campaign. He was trying to make Georgia Tech cool. And I like Georgia Tech, uh, but there are a lot of challenges there. Uh, Academic issues at the school in terms of some of the programs that you have to get players into, which can be difficult. Uh, They also have, as Josh Pastner said to us, they don't. It's not that they have no NIL money; they have negative NIL <laughs> money. So uh, there, there are some issues there. So slightly surprised to see Georgia Tech make the investment that they did there in SEC country. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Clemson's jump feels like also a direct response to trying to keep up yeah. with the SEC or maybe even the, some of those Big exactly. Ten. Exactly. How much did Georgia? Because Georgia was the highest. 
They were sixteen point five million. Are you being serious right now? That's I'm I'm being dead uh, serious. If you ask 16? the sixteen, if you ask the two time reigning champion Georgia Bulldogs, the answer is sixteen point five one eight or point five one eight billion dollars. The bull or million the bulldog million. Jeez Louise, that's the, spread out over a few years. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, last year was they four point five mil. They spent yeah. five million more than any other program in the country over that twenty seventeen to twenty okay. million. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but last year though was four point five. Okay, okay, compared to that's Clemson's that's 3. better 1. at least, but still. Yeah, I'm surprised Texas A&M is not higher. They're they're a little they're, they're less giving, than three. They're, you know, they're another one of those schools that that uh, is known to spend money. And then Texas, of course, two point four. The, the thing about these schools in Texas and the schools in Florida is that's mostly where you should be recruiting. Yeah. So I can I kind of get the Florida State number being less than a million. There because their their went down compared yeah. to their average, which is so yeah. that's interesting. And that makes sense to me. All right, we got we got a couple more questions. Or Whoa. We got time? time for one, one last more. quick one okay. from Angry Driver. Hey Joe, do you flip the bird with your thumb out? <laughs> and do you flip the bird with your dominant hand or your offhand? Okay, so and um, don't do it. Remember, we're on TV. Can't do it, Ron. WRL Sports Plus. I, I definitely use my left hand, and there's definitely a thumb out. Okay. So I'm I'm a righty. So offhand, thumb out. Yeah. I, I think offhand, thumb out. I also, my index finger is like slightly extended as well. Um, it kind of looks like the the state of Oklahoma a little bit. Uh, just <laughs> under, yes. under the yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it's a casual bend on, yeah. the, on well, the index finger. Well, because like if you if it's like legit just a fist and one finger sticking up, that feels like something a five-year-old's doing who like learned how to yeah, do it the first time. Yeah, just learned how to do it. Yeah. It's got to think. Have you ever double birded? Have um, you ever been so mad that you do the double? I don't think in in real life. I'm not sure I've ever done that. I not no not in real life. Okay. Now, I, I've I have had the time where like you know you you flip someone off in traffic and then they like I locked eyes with them in the rearview mirror <laughs> and they immediately looked at me and did the same thing okay. back. I was like okay, okay. I normally do it on the golf course. I like to flip the bird to my ball when it uh, doesn't go in the hole. Okay. Even sometimes when it goes in, I'm like. Why now? What, what was wrong with the previous stroke? Why it's do you got to do it now? Just exactly. Home. Just go home. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, amongst the many, 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 many differences between John Rahm and I, the fact that he four putted the first hole and somehow recovered to then shoot a 65 is pretty amazing my entire day would have been ruined exactly. like i, I would like i would have been in the worst mood <laughs> no way i recover from that not a single way all right the this off season for the carolina panthers has been busy uh the athletic though had an article about all of the different free agent moves that the nfl teams have done they were just kind of going through what each team has done and i'm reading it and i'm going wait a second i think the carolina panthers have not only made the best free agent moves this offseason, but they've also traded for the number one overall pick. And I don't know what they're going to do with the number one overall pick. I don't know how C.J. Stroud potentially plays out. But I think if you're David Tepper, and these things are important to David Tepper, 
I think he should hang a off-season champions 2023 banner. I mean, because who's it. had a better off-season than the Panthers? No, I mean, we were we were looking through this. I think the Lions come close. The Lions have had a okay. very good off-season as well. But like, I, to me, a good off-season is all about making the right moves, investing accordingly, and tiptoeing that line between being aggressive and being like the Eagles back in like the 2010s when like they, you know, I think it was they, Vince they Young, thought they had the dream, the dream, dream team. team. Yeah. yeah. So finding that balance. And I, I mean, this is only, a, this is only a part of the off season. You still have the draft, but I think they've handled about free agency about as well as they could okay. have. Yeah. In free agency, here's what the Panthers have done. They, they added tight end Hayden Hurst, who I really, really like running back Miles Sanders. And you're thinking to yourself, well, they had good running backs last year. They did, but, Sanders ran for 1,200 yards last year. Like he, he is not one of these guys who's washed up and ready to go through the NFL churn of the of the running back cycle. Receiver DJ Chark, who put up some big years in Jacksonville, and then receiver Adam Thielen. Thielen's probably past his prime. Yeah, if injury you will. issues too. There's been some injury, but as a second guy or even a third guy, uh, I kind of love that as an option for who I think will be Stroud. Then of course they traded up to get the number one pick. So I think we could even go back another step, Lewis, and say by hiring Frank Reich, the staff that Frank Reich has been has put staff, together. Yeah, the Panthers have made all of the right moves. Now I didn't agree with the cost that they gave up to get the number one pick, and that actually leads me to the other team who I think is actually having a really good off season, and that's the Chicago Bears. Well, I mean, it's they had the number one pick initially, so the, like they, they, there's only one way they could have gone. I I agree, but you could still mess it up. The Bears have spent $70 million on their defense, including signing linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, who I think is outstanding. Yes, they gave up the number one pick, but they still have a top 10 pick at number nine. And they got DJ Moore, who I think will help Justin Fields. And I think you can make an argument that the Bears are right there with the Panthers in having a really great offseason. The Bears had pieces. The Bears had pieces already. You have Justin Fields, mm-hmm. right? So well, they had the quarterback piece. Exactly, which is, I mean, that's half the battle. Kind of need that piece. Yeah, it's it's pretty important. Um, but then they they bulk up that offensive line a little bit. Uh, they they get DJ Moore. Like I love Darnell Mooney. I think he's a fantastic receiver on the Bears, but he needed someone opposite yeah. him to help. Um, you know, I, I think the the my my one issue that I would have for teams like the Bears, teams like the Panthers, I think this is just the where the salary cap is going and everything, you're going to ultimately end up overpaying some people. I think there are a couple of players who are like Tremaine Edmonds, I also think is great, but that's a lot of money to invest in a linebacker. Sure. Um, I, I like Hayden Hurst and uh, Von Bell a lot for the Panthers. They, they were two Bengals. I'm a Bengals guy. If you're watching on Sports Plus, you can see my Bengals sticker on my oh, laptop. Oh, we're about to get to them. Don't worry. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> but um, I will say that the they are a little bit older. There are some injury concerns with Hurst. But that ultimately, like, that's any free agency. You're going to yeah. have to deal with that kind of stuff. Every move can't be perfect. You mentioned the Bengals and, and Luis Fernandez, W-R-A-L. It, you are a Bengals fan. I am. Can you come about that? Hey, yeah. 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 You come about that honestly. Like, I, I mean, who the heck? Is, you can't be really a bandwagon Bengals no. fan. Well, I mean, I mean, you can be a Joe Burrow fan at this point. Sure. But, well, all aboard. Bandwagon is wide open. Okay. But most people are not. And... It was funny. We're preparing for the show today, and I said, "Well, they're going to pay for the quarterback." And you were like, <laughs> "Oh, you said they don't have to worry." I don't think they have to worry about. It. I go, "You don't have to worry about quarterback for like the next ten years." You're like, "This is the Bengals. Let's <laughs> let's have extensions first. Got to make sure that Burrow gets his extension." The number one thing I thought, I actually think the Bengals were a winner this offseason, yeah. too. 
I know some people are like, oh, Orlando Brown's not a left tackle, blah, 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 blah. Do you know how bad the Bengals line has been the like, last two years? And they get to the AFC, they get to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game. Yeah. With, like, cardboard broomsticks and paper clips the, <laughs> blocking for Joe Burrow. So going out and getting Orlando Brown to me huge. is a huge win for the Bengals. The, the amount of times I, like, have late at night looked at the draft boards from, like, 2020, 2021, and I've been like, ah, oh, we could have... Creed Humphrey was was yeah. right there in the yeah. second round. Could have gotten him. Oh, Trey Smith didn't go until the sixth round. Could have gotten him. Like, because literally the Bengals the past two years have been one or two better offensive linemen away yes. from winning the Super Bowl. And they made moves last year, and then the guys weren't healthy. Injuries, and for yeah. this for the playoffs this year, trust me. No, I you gave me a Bengals sticker <laughs> because their number against the spread this year was amazing, and I always appreciate that. So, <laughs> uh, how about some losers? I've got two losers okay. in mind. Uh, let me start with the Packers, who are about to trade away Aaron Rodgers. Do you think that's an addition by subtraction, or do you think they're going to regret this? I well, okay, so I, it's you kind of come to a point where it's just it's toxic, it's bad for everyone. Okay. So I'm okay with them getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. What what do they actually get from that? I know they really want that first round pick from I, the Jets. It's not. Gonna they're happen. not going to get a first round. It's pick. not going to happen. No. Um, I I do I think Jordan Love's going to be solid. I really do. Like he's someone who it sounds like he has improved a lot over the past few years. Um, well, no, I think just I think knowing it's, it's going to be his show will yeah. help him as well. All right, I got two more losers. I got the Raiders mm. because I know everyone's happy that they got Jimmy Garoppolo, but they went so the, the, these two losers are connected. I have the Raiders and the Patriots. Okay, because the Raider the Patriots didn't do anything. No, anything. No, and the Raiders went out and signed the Patriots' bad receivers. God bless you, Jacoby Myers, but Peck Bro. But the, the Patriots' problem is their receivers were so bad that Tom Brady was like, I am going to re- finish my career somewhere else. Well, yeah. So if you're the Raiders, the last thing you want to do is be like, you know, you know what we really need to do is go get the Patriots' receivers. Yeah. Those were their two big moves to go with Garoppolo. Then the Patriots literally didn't do anything Nothing. other than hire Bill O'Brien, and- who is now supposedly magically going to save the Patriots. The- it, okay. 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 <laughs> you got it. That's awesome. Special shout out to the Ravens, by the way, for being very bad this offseason. Yeah, yeah, and that's separate. We'll see how that ultimately yeah. ends up happening. <laughs> I know you're both, as a uh, Bengals fan, and Dennis Cox is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I know you're both happy about that. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.